I once had a gentleman come into my office uh, who was having marital problems, and that is not uncommon. As a pastoral counselor, I do do couples work. I do a lot of uh, counseling around um, the need for relational health. And so this man came to me quite broken, and um, his marriage was in trouble, although he was a professing Christian. And he had been, in fact, to another Christian counseling center, and more particularly um, a biblical counseling center at a local church. And um, when I asked him what his experience had been there and why he was coming to see me, he told me that having met with a counselor and explained his marital concerns, the counselor asked him to open his Bible and read Ephesians 5.25. Let me share that with you. Quote, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Stop. And that's the problem. That text, as beautiful as it is and as promising as it is, comes within such an important context. And to simply rip it out of its context and tell somebody who's in a very troubled marriage that they should just love your wives, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, without giving the theological and biblical context of that verse, is abusive. It's a form of spiritual abuse. The good news is, is that the letter to the Ephesians is packed with the indicative power of the gospel to transform us into the imperative. Now, let me explain what I mean. When I say indicative, I'm talking about what is normative. What is the what is the uh, simply given this what happened, given what God has done for us in the gospel, and given the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit now in our lives, it is imperative that we learn to love each other because that's how the power of the gospel works its way out into our lives. But if you get the imperative, for instance, in this case, Galatians 5, excuse me, Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If you get the imperative there, before what's indicative, what you're doing is you're approaching the gospel uh, and you're teach- making it just another set of rules. You're making a legalistic demand and you're not helping the believer understand the overall context that precedes Paul making that statement. So, that which is indicative means that which is uh, the normal state, given what God has done for us, is to have healthy, loving relationships. Paul is commanding in Ephesians 5 and 6 that we simply work out that power, that transformation, that new heart and renewed mind that God has accomplished for us that he lays out 
in Ephesians 1, 2, 3, and most of chapter 4. So by the time you get to 5 and 6, those imperatives submit to one another out of the reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord, and so on. Husbands, love your wives. Uh, Children, obey your parents. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Um, Slaves, obey your earthly master with respect. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. And then on into the spiritual warfare of living in a fallen world. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his power, mighty power. Those are all imperatives that are preceded by the indicative of who you are now in Christ. And so, given this man's concern about his marriage, his marriage was symptomatic. This is the point I want to make, and I hope you can grasp it. His marriage was symptomatic of the fact that he did not, he and his wife, did not understand the power and the transformation and the renewal of the mind that occurs when you understand the gospel as it's set forth in Ephesians 1, 2, 3, and most of chapter 4. So, for a, quote, biblical counselor, end quote, To just tell this man to open his Bible, read a verse, and then go be warmed and filled is indeed a form of spiritual abuse. It's simply turning it into a a legalistic imperative without that poor man understanding the context in which Paul is saying that. Let me put it this way. For Paul in the ancient world, to say, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Or in, in our modern times, in, in a fallen world, where people have walk about in rebellion to God in a fallen nature, dead in trespasses and sins, and then to tell them, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, is absurd. We we don't live in a world that's able to do that. So Paul's imperatives in, in Ephesians 5 were radical, radical statements. We get too familiar with the text sometimes, and we forget how radical it was for Paul to say, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Or husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Paul is commanding that they do something that they have been empowered by the gospel through the indwelling spirit to do. And if we don't put it within that context, once again, we're simply committing spiritual abuse. Somebody who doesn't know who they are in Christ, whether they're a professing Christian or they have no idea who Christ is, an unbeliever, to tell them simply to love their wife as Christ loved the church is absurd. They first have to back up and understand why Paul can issue that imperative. And he can do that only because of the glorious news of the gospel that is set forth in Ephesians chapter 1, explained in chapter 2, prayed for in chapter 3, and then given the instrumentality for how that is applied to the church in Ephesians chapter 4. So there's this whole context. 
I just want to share that with you because this letter to the Ephesians is such a glorious, powerful this, uh, set, um, illustration of the gospel in five chapters, six chapters. And I encourage you to read it, but don't read it out of context. In fact, don't read your Bible out of context. The, the only way to um, successfully, profitably approach Scripture is always prayerfully, because remember, it's the Holy Spirit who illuminates our hearts and minds. It's not just reading the Bible. It's reading the Bible prayerfully that benefits us. Without the Holy Spirit's work of illumination and guidance, we simply won't understand it. Or we'll do as this counselor did and turn it into just simply another set of moralistic rules for people to keep instead of good news. But if we read it prayerfully and then contextually, these letters of Paul were meant to be read all at one time. Now, once you've read it, you may be able to take chunks of it and, and work through it, meditate on it, uh, but always do so even then within its context. So, yes, husbands should love their wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word. But even this text in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 that is a Christ-centered text. And it has this as its context. And I'll close with this. This is the opening verses of this letter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he hath freely given us in the one he loves. That's the indicative. What God has done in us, for us, lavished upon us graciously, freely, in Jesus Christ. The purpose that he determined and to do before the foundations of the world in eternity past has now been realized in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we as Christians participate in that finished work. And therefore, it is indicative of us now to love our spouse to be obedient children, to be faithful and uh, trustworthy employers and employees. These are all wonderful things. We all want loving, healthy relationships, but they only come to us when we understand the complete context, the theological and spiritual context of why it is possible now to have loving, healthy relationships. You probably are very aware of the fact that it's radical. It's a radical notion within a fallen world to have healthy, loving relationships. Especially 
after the model and image of Jesus Christ. So it's only within the context of the gospel and its power and the indwelling spirit conforming our character in thought, word, and deed into the image of Christ that we are now able to have loving, healthy relationships that glorify God, that reflect Christ, and are empowered by the Spirit. Trinitarian relationships. Well, I've said enough then. I hope you get my point. These are it, it, The letter to the Ephesians is a glorious paradigm. But you have to have the whole thing. <laughs> you have to understand the indicative that precedes the imperative. Amen.